Ah! Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Oh, no, no. That's not it. Hold on. Uh, welcome, my friends, to a show that's... Here we go. You are now... About to witness. Tweet that out, will you? I didn't have time. His sister was acting up on me. Tweet it out like via Twitter. The awesome. Crushing fight. U-T-S. Robinson. Yo! Stop it! <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Tweet that out, will you? I don't I didn't have time before the 7 o'clock live. Screwed me up. We're all first time live. Uh, and you know, I had to make this show 18 and older so I could go live. Yeah. That live. I still haven't done the research for the super chat thing. But first, before we get too deep, read that thing out so people know. Or I'll take a pause during the show. Hey, listen, this is D number eight nine. Where the hell we were? The way we were, but first the words of Bob Riley, singer for Stigmata. The song is called Intro All of Nothing from the record Calling of the Junk. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where not only do they hit your car with a hammer, but they shoot you to death in a nightclub. Go to Revelation Records online, use your magnifying glass, type in Stigmata. Calling of the Junk can be yours, the whole record of tunes like this one. But first, let's have Bob O'Reilly sing a thing. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my time with a Could not see so clear. Real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth, always nothing. Yeah, welcome, my friends. Listen, this, this this is a world of catastrophe. I don't know if you can see my phone with the cracked screen now. It's got 1% on it, right? So, like, um, you can't be up in that corner to 1%. So, like, I'm living on the edge here, right? Like, I'm trying to get the music on. I'm trying to tweet the thing out. I can't tweet the thing out because the, 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 the Safari is fighting with Chrome. Chrome is fighting with slipping. That's not even it, bro. It's like, I got a story to tell you. It's the story of a lovely lady. Uh, you know, not that one, really. Uh, but anyway, here. Or, or, like I said, I could take the time. You guys don't want to do it. That's fine. That's, that's, that's perfectly fine. I'll just take the time during the show to go to Facebook, to, 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 to uh, link it in. Uh, excuse me. And uh, I'll let people know it's there now. Yes, YouTube's public group video thing. You know, it's asking me questions. You know, they, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was interviewing Billie Eilish, the singer, 17-year-old singer on his show. And he was kind of hung up in a weird way, like I'm kind of hung up in a weird way sometimes with age. Now, Jimmy Kimmel should be noted. He said, hey, listen, 17, you're 17. I was 17 in 1984. Right, which is a typical disgusting old guy thing that they do, you know. So hold on, and uh, so he's so then, but because he's a professional and he's got a professional show and a professional staff, he starts to run down things that that he was culturally conversant with, and which somebody who was also culturally aware in 1984 would know. He he raised Cabbage Patch Kids. Do you know that? No. Do you know Run D? No. Okay, what about Run DMC? No. 
No, like never heard. Uh, okay, what about and start naming all of these things? Okay, uh, hold on. I'll do it right. She's right now, so people know. Yeah, I mean, now you guys could tweet out. You can help me out with that, but no, it won't. It'd be different. That I would have to retweet it, and then I'll do it on my phone, and then it'll be like the, the phone will die, and then I'll be all preoccupied, and then 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 it'll be a living hell. So uh, anyway, he's naming all these things that somebody who is culturally conversant, uh, um you know, would know. And she's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, boomer. Fuck it. Whatever. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and, and, and he was like the punchline of every joke that he was telling was, let me take this off. The punchline of every joke. Yeah. Of every joke that he was telling was you're young. I'm old, which reminded me of the fucking, uh, Picasso story. And you've heard it before. Can't Donna Shalala me on my own show. Indulge me. I will tell it again. They had a fractious relationship during their lives. Naturally, as a son with a, who has a fractious relationship with his father, I'm going to say former son. How about that? Fractious relationship. He, my father's still alive, but fuck it. You only, that, that's the accident of birth at this point. So uh, on his deathbed, Picasso's deathbed, his son comes, is a dutiful Spanish son, comes up to the side, the, uh, the side of the, 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 the bed. And, uh, and in Australia, bro, that's when it happened. Thanks. Thanks for that. Anyway, um, you know, he comes to his dad, his bedside dad, dad, and, you know, Picasso looks up with the palsied shake and looks into his son's eyes. He goes, you know, you're, you're young. I'm old. I wish you were here instead of me. (laughs) I wish fundamentally, I wish you were dead. So every punchline for this, for this, for this cat is like, um, uh, you know, I'm old, you're young. And and uh, uh, thank you, uh, and I wish you were dead. That's the punchline for everyone, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, third one. Wow, you're, now you're in for you. You know, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's where you cross the line. Unless you have one, one. If you have one of each, you can stop. If you have two, and you want another. It's going to be the same. You know, you might as well have four. Parenting advice from me for, um, anyway, so, um, that, that was a punchline and, and I started to think, okay, look, you know, this is what happens. Like my kids will talk to me and, and exactly my kids will talk to me, um, and say, uh, start mentioning names and now I'm a music guy and it's like probably about 50, 50, you know, Earl sweatshirt heard of Tyler, the creator heard of. I, I could even name little, little, little bougie by the bit of Naza X that what now nah, you know all, all goes a chance to rap now nah, over to my head over over the head right so don't get it don't listen to them now uh, of course it could be a stylistic thing I could ask my kids about cattle decapitation and get nothing but heavy metal heavy metal is fundamentally uh, heavy metal is a fundamentally you know not necessarily a young person's thing even though every disaffected fifteen year old goes through that phase. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let's go to the point. I get this thing in my teeth. Let's get to the point. Uh, this show has no commercials anymore, even commercials for this show. And, uh, dude, who I keep promising to send the fight CD out, I promise. <laughs> I, it's not that I lie. It's just that I say things that don't come true. I'm going to try to do it this week. I'm going to take pictures and send them to you from the post office. And he, he upped his level because I'm closing down the call thing. Uh, Ian, uh, I, I will call you, uh, uh, not ENT, the other Ian, I will call you this week as well. Got your message before I left. Uh, didn't have a time, they haven't had a chance to do it. So we'll call you. I think I'm going to shut that down by the end of the year. Love talking to you guys, but I, I, I you know, it's, it's a lot. I got a lot of time. I'll, I'll make an equally compelling $10 offer unless I hear from you that you prefer just going to PayPal. Cause I can't, cause I can't for the life of me figure out why why I'm on Patreon. Except it's supposed to make donating money to the show easier. But now I feel like they're a pimp and I'm a whore and I'm driving people there. And it's like I can't get the payout and I can't get. It's not real. Hey, daddy, I need some new shoes. Oh yeah, well fuck you. You didn't do that. You have to fill out this form and check this box. I don't know. So you let me know whether you prefer Patreon 
or just PayPal coming direct. No, it's not a new studio. I'm about to explain. So, um, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's something that I did in 2007 for the fight book. And that, that changed my life. That is when I became a pescatarian. You know, those guys from uh, Team Quest came to one of the readings and uh, hit me on their diet. And uh, I wasn't ready to go completely like, you know, vegetarian. But I said, oh, I don't need this red meat, foul shit. Okay, good. Foul, but I mean, chicken, turkey. I can eat fish. Yeah, as I said, if you want. And there's another guy. Uh, who's that guy? Mike. Uh, he's got the name of a donut. I can't remember. Uh, Dolce. <laughs> Sweets in Italian. And he's like, uh, if you're not willing to eat organic meat, don't even talk to me. So anyway, yeah, it does It does look like that. It looks like I'm an Abu Ghraib is actually what it looks like. So um, so uh, did you get, uh, I said I was going to tweet it out. Um, so, and I got 1% on the phone, which you know, you know, uh, which you know. So let's see. Let me see if I can do this, talk to you, and make this 1% last, make it last forever, like Luther Vandross sang, if that was indeed Luther Vandross who sang that, edit post, let me see if I could do it, I think, I think, I think I am, I think it's working, and it's not too distracting, okay, there, 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 there. so, those of you who can figure this crap out, uh, delete, add, bada-bing, bada-bing, bada-bang, sorry, I'm sorry I gotta do it this way, I don't have my shit together. All right. Yeah, cue the clown music. Yeah, exactly. And the party hats. So uh, so let me know about the Patreon versus the PayPal. PayPal is, uh, yeah, <laughs> PayPal is pinko95014 at yahoo.com. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, pinko95047 uh, at yahoo.com. Uh, if you guys want to know, what I need the money for, you should know. <clears throat> I'll give you a brief accounting of uh, I got to pay. <clears throat> Sorry. God damn it. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I know. So you lose 21 pounds. I lost six pounds over. I was 222 before I left, 214 just now. Was that six? That's eight. Uh, uh, and, and I'll tell you why in a second. I, I'm not doing this on purpose. It's just I got shit that I got to do. So uh, that I'm thinking about. So um, I gotta pay. I gotta pay June. June, who makes the videos uh, that go live when it goes through the Show Stomper page on Facebook, which is Facebook.com/Stomperville. She does those videos for us and puts the bumpers in and, and makes sure it goes through Stitcher, it goes through SoundCloud, it goes through the bada bada bing bada bang, right? Uh, yeah, and and uh, I I also have the superstore that I'm now building a kiosk in where I can start selling merch that's connected to the show stomper. I need, I need, I need a, a catchphrase. So you guys can leave if you want a catchphrase and I'll actually use it like the fight book. Everything you ever want to know, fight, everything you ever know about asking, we forget asking for asking. I was fucking around with that. I was like fight book, everything you need to know about getting your ad, everything you need to know. I was, it was a ripoff of that 70s sex book. Everything you want to know, ask about sex, but afraid to ask. And I was talking to a sports agent extraordinaire, Salvatore Russo, and he's the one who came up with the fight. He asked, kicked for asking. Boom. I, I sent it in as a joke. The guys at HarperCollins said, love it. They published it that way. So uh, what did, what did uh, uh, sports agent extraordinaire uh, uh, Salvatore Russo get? Consideration of future events as yet unknown. The Hitlerian, the Hitlerian trilogy. Uh, um, and uh, so... Uh, um, in the comments later, not during the show, if you can think of a, a catchphrase, uh, uh, if you think of a catchphrase uh, for the T-shirts, we're going to build it out and make this a kiosk. Like my current Instagram, and I got to build it up so I can put, put it, uh, and I need some help with it because it, actually it's not me who's doing it. So I can put it on Instagram, like clips on Instagram, because I've been heavily influenced now by crime faces. If you haven't seen crime faces on Instagram, go check out crime faces. Tell them I sent you. It's also Crime Faces X. Uh, Crime Faces is the backup one. Crime Faces X is the main one. Uh, if, if you're a New Yorker, it's a must. It's a must listen to, a must watch. They essentially take all the effluvia from the web and sports commentate it. 
Uh, I would rather listen to these guys any day of the week than half the people we have to listen to in pursuing the sport that we love. Um, so, uh, and, and then there'll be, so there'll be a sub kiosk. So I got to pay for that. The laptop is about, uh, uh, the laptop is about to, to crap out. So I got friends at Apple who are going to give me a break on it. I got to buy a, a new laptop for the show. So these are things that, 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 uh, I'd be spending money for as well as, you know, uh, paying for the website. So, uh, and it, my time. So my wife doesn't think I'm a fucking idiot for doing this and wasting our Sundays, uh, for zero. Um, so all I care about is that it's at least as much as bloody elbow pays me for care. Don't care. Uh, and, uh, which I don't, which I get paid for that. Don't get paid for if the shoes fit or if I did it. Um, so that's like one hour, two hour, uh, one hour, one half hour, one and a half hour. It's two hours. This makes three hours of shows that I'm doing. So I got to have something to show because it's, it's ruining my life. Anyway, uh, that's enough of the anti-commercial commercial. Uh, um, um, so where was I? Well, it, you may not know much about my personal life or you may know too much about certain aspects of my personal life, but, uh, uh, I got uh, 25 years. Uh, I got divorced in, uh, 2015 finally. And then, uh, the day after the divorce got complete, uh, uh my fiance at the time, I went to San Jose courthouse and we got married. So this was uh, in 2015. But because uh, I, I have a job that's all enveloping and I have a lot of jobs, and I'm trying to make a lot of money by having a lot of jobs because it's easier than trying to make the one job pay you a lot of money. Uh, we took we took uh, one day one day off to celebrate. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Alexi is keeping the cash because he, we got grand grand plans that we don't want to be the pop-off, mess-off man and talk about the plans before we happen, but the money that's donated for if the shoes fit, and if I did it, is going for, uh, we're making moves, big plays, big plays down the road. And there's a big super secret thing in March that I don't want to be pop-off, mess-off man and talk about before, but you'll be very fucking happy and very excited about it, uh, as I was and as I am, and as a mark of my discretion that I actually can control myself and not talk about it now. So we took one day off and went one day extra and went to like left right after work on Friday, went to San Diego for the week, slept in the car, you know, woke up in a parking lot with the car surrounded by, you know, uh, uh, Vietnamese immigrants who were worried about whether we had died. And then we took, you know, stayed at a, like a, a red roof in and uh, took one day off. So since then, what we've been doing is putting away a little bit of money, a little bit of money, a little bit of money, working down the credit card debt. And we finally paid for a vacation to have a honeymoon proper, and we went to Jamaica. Now, because I'm a paranoid nutcase, as one of you described me in the comments, no names mentioned. Thank you. I love you for that description. Uh, I never talk about where I'm going. I just talk about where I've been because I don't want people to rob my house, steal my stuff, or kill my goats. And if you know the goat reference, you know about the father. It's the old uh, Turkish... Uh, folktale the father comes and says uh yes that's right go hit the notifications button and and hit the thumbs up button thank you that helps i don't know how it helps but alexi and kid Nate tell me it helps so i'll say it to you and it's, the father comes oh my god sons they stole their chickens ah dad it's just a chicken ah son they came and they took our goats ah dad it's just a goat ah son they came and they took our cattle ah dad it's just a cattle ah son they came and they they took the ghosts, they took the cattle, they broke into the house, they burned down our stocks, they took our things, they raped and killed the women, and uh, and and now what? You know, I, I guess in a very Turkish way, what they're saying is, when they steal your chickens, you kill them. I, I don't know what the point of that story was. <laughs> no, no, no. The point of the story was, incrementally, these things can be done. And you don't tell about where you're going. You tell about where you've been because bad things happen in your absence. They take a chicken. They take a goat. They take a cow. They burn your shit down. That's what happens. So I told you I was not going to be here. Didn't tell you I wasn't going to be here. And, and I went to, went to Jamaica. 
Now, I did something that is out of character. Absolutely out of character. Usually a guy like me, because I've toured in a band for a long time, guy like me likes to, you know, this is Bobby Peru's line from a Wild at Heart, likes to fraternize with the natives. You know what I mean? Because on tour, that's what you're doing. I see the world like many of you don't see the world. I'm staying in people's rooms, people's bedrooms. The only time it didn't work out so well is in, uh, in Hamburg when the promoter, the German promoter, flipped out because she saw that as part of my tattoo schema that I had a swastika tattoo on. Nobody ever sees the big red demon that's wrestling with the swastika. They just see the swastika. And so she starts flipping out. She's screaming at me. And so I say, hey, your country's political problems and your country's history is not my particular concern in this instance. So why don't you go fuck yourself? And then I turn to our tour manager, uh, the great Manuel Liebskin, and I say, hey, uh, where are we staying tonight? And he goes, at her house. So I was a little bit uncomfortable going to her house later after I tell her to go fuck herself. And she's grousing and pissed off like I was somehow part of the fucking Wehrmacht. You know, so that's how we, that's how we roll. We, 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 we fraternize with the natives. But for this, decided this is going to be the first real vacation I've taken since my last honeymoon, which was like in 1995. Going to make it real. Going to be present. Going to be there. Going to be there and present. Exactly. Going to be there. Going to be present. And, and the goal is to relax. To relax. And so I say, hey, you know what? I get these commercial things. What is about this place? Sandals. What about that, that little dog we used to die with the hat that we dyed pink? You know, that little, what was that? The one that died. Snowballs. Sandals. Also known as scandals. Their big scandal was that they wouldn't let gay people in until 2004. It means it's all-inclusive. Now, you've seen this, all-inclusive, and you didn't know what it was. All-inclusive means you don't do shit. Give them your credit card. You come back. You've had a great time, right? They take care of the airfare. They take care of the food. Ga-ga-ga-bing, ga-ga-bang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all that stuff. You land in Montego Bay. The shuttle is there, picks you up, and it takes you to a gated community in Jamaica. So you're in Jamaica, but you're not really in Jamaica. Like my first experience in East East East, uh, East Berlin was somebody saying, uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit behind the rest of Berlin. You know, the wall had just fallen. Guy, I was standing in this hotel. The guy goes, you could go anywhere you want, but if I were you, I wouldn't walk down that way. They were all concerned about skinhead menace and fear. And I, and I was like, okay, okay. And as soon as he left the hotel room, fucking put my shoes on, and I walked down that way. It's not like I have a death wish. But, you know, I'm there to fraternize with the natives, whatever form that might take. And the reality of it is, outside of, outside of British-extracted foreigners, by which I mean pommies, prisoners of the monarchy in Australia, which I've never been to, in New Zealand, you know, I, look, there are very few places in the world that I've been that feel as violent to me as every place in America. And I've been to like, like you know, the horrible places in Tijuana, and that's a different kind of poverty. That's all situational. If you don't look like you have something, they don't bother you. Try being, try breaking the neighborhood code in in uh, out by Coney Island, where if you're Russian, you go two blocks the wrong way, you can get beaten up by Ukrainians. If you go two blocks the wrong way, you're going to be beaten up by Italians or by Dominican Republics. If Dominican Republic, you're getting beaten up by a Puerto Rican. Listen. Exactly. No. Every time every, the countries, South America has wanted us to play. Brazil, Chile have wanted us to play. Australia has wanted us to play. Somebody, New Zealand, Israel has want, wants us to play. And we say the same thing. They go, how much will it cost us? I said, figure out the price of four plane tickets. And, you're, and that's your basement. And then, uh, 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 then, you know, then I don't hear from them again, ever. 
And I'm not saying that's what it's going to be every show, but you can amortize that over four fucking shows, but we can't go out of pocket because you want to see Oxbow. We got lots of heavy people depending on us. Between all four Oxbow members, we have uh, one, two, uh, five, eight kids. Eight kids. So we got to play more, more than one show. So anyway, so we get in in the in the in the uh, in the in the shuttle, and it's taken us to out 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 to uh, it's about ninety minutes down to the south coast called Westmoreland. Used to be the White House Motel Hotel. Now this, none of this is no, especially noteworthy, uh, except for the fact that at one point I said, "Ah, oh, my back is killing me. These hotel room beds and air conditioning and lower back. We need some aspirin. We got to get some aspirin." We, we need some aspirin. So we go, no aspirin at the nurse's station. Okay? No aspirin in the gift shop, where they told us. There's some other weird name shit that comes with the, the Italian writing on it. God, Lord knows what it was. So go to the front desk. They said, no, there's no aspirin. They're so great. Uh, it, it, is there a local pharmacy? He goes, well, how are you going to get there? Well, we could take Lyft. There's no Lyft here. Well, we could take Uber. There's no Uber here. All right, we're going to walk. How far is it? She, she, the wife looks it up on the phone. It's like 0 0.3. All right, then we can walk. They go, no, we can't let you do that. So now it starts to feel like that movie Midsummer. What do you mean? I'm here, all-inclusive. You don't have any asthma. My back is killing me, and I can't walk out of here to get something? Go to tell you, okay, okay, I get it, Mr. Cranky. We'll give you a driver to drive you the fuck out of here. And then right there, right there, somebody said, okay, oh, you know, they have some uh, Alka-Seltzer there. That Alka-Seltzer will do. Alka-Seltzer will do. So then I get kind of creeped out. It's like I'm trapped here. Okay, now I'm going to start paying attention in a way that I haven't paid attention before. Now, the question is, I asked the guys at Jiu-Jitsu this. They could, how many days of being there did I stop walking around without a sidearm? Because <laughs> as you know, I'm armed everywhere. Even if it's a, a knife, I, it clipped to my Speedos. How many days? I'm happy to say, I'm happy to say it only took me two days before I stopped wearing the, my knife every time in the Speedo walking around, right? Even though there were clear, clear, clear cut guys from who I, you know, the Dutch cats who were like, who were like, clearly like, you know, white nationalists, whatever, you know, glowering at me until they finally realized they were in a country, to use a Hitlerian phrase, of Negroes. And then they just kind of relaxed. Now, that was the cool part. Every person I saw who got had black skin was, was employed. I didn't see any homeless people there, except in the drive-in, when I kind of went through the, the Quonset huts and the tin board shacks and the strip clubs with one metal door in the front and some badly weather-beaten illustration of a, of a sexy woman's ass on the front. And I'm like, oh, boy, 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 I think what a bucket of blood that is, you know. Uh, but uh, I'm not like the other people on the bus who were sitting behind me from fucking England saying, I was that terrible, all the bars on the windows. Bars on the windows? Bars on the windows? I guess you've never been to fucking L.A. What is this, this cultural imperialism? You don't like it here? Get the fuck out. So I'm, I'm, I'm dreadfully, like painfully aware of the fact that we were not we were in Jamaica, but not in Jamaica. But my goal is to relax. Toes in the sand, drink in the hand, have fun, relax. That's it. All the political considerations. But then, because I speak the language, and this is something you don't get if you go to a place... Uh, you know they're not speaking they're speaking patois to each other but uh but they you know i'm having to hear people from michigan chicago uh you know a very large cross section of a certain type a certain type of 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 person a person who might routinely go to a place like uh, uh sanders forget about the fact that they booked the flight sometime using military time sometimes not so had to spend the night in dallas fort worth because uh, they, they who booked the ticket for you, you know, uh, said, oh, 12-hour layover. No big deal for you, Mr. Fraternize with the Natives. 
So that was kind of a drag. But anyway, so I'm sitting there on the beach, and I'm sitting there at the hot tub, the pool, nothing. Deep water in pools are gone, you know. They're gone. It doesn't exist anymore. If you remember being a kid, you would get an eight-foot deep end of the pool at one end of the pool, typically ensconced by a diving board. doesn't exist. The wife says, well, it's because... This is drinks all over. They're bringing you drinks all over. They can't run the, the, they can't have the exposure, can't run the risk that you're going to fucking tumble in a deep end and drown. Yet I see tons of guys with red shirts and say lifeguard. I used to be a lifeguard. Well, I don't fuck I'm going to save somebody in five feet of water. But, you know, Brits are inventive and I'm sure that they would figure out a way to drown themselves in five feet of water, even if they were seven feet tall. So I'm listening to these cross sections of people from, Michigan, people from uh, uh, Illinois, people from Arizona, people from Georgia, people from Alabama, people from Florida. And I'm going to say something that you might disagree with at first. And I want you to I want you just to hold your breath and let me play a thought out. And, and it's going to sound unkind. All right. Um, yeah, I. I'm going to, uh, it's going to sound really, really unkind. But I'm sitting there listening to them talk and their concerns, you know, as I'm drifting in and out of sleep or talking to the wife and we're here. And again, if it's in a place that you don't speak the language, you, you, like I have to concentrate to understand German. I could just tune it out by not concentrating, but they're speaking English. And there are three distinct pool sets. There's a martini pool. There's the uh, uh, French village pool on this side. And in the middle, there's a Dutch village. Now, the martini pool is where the guy, the party facilitators are jumping up and down, trying to get you to play beach volleyball, trying to get you to participate, doing line dancing on the deck. Okay, not doing that one. And then there's the douchebag pool, which is a French village pool that's got the swim, swim up bar. One thing you should know before you go to a place like this, if you've ever been to a place with a swim-up bar, watch it. By which I mean, listen carefully, people who sit, who get stools at the swim-up bar, at places that have swim-up bars, never leave those stools. They sit and they drink all day. All day. How often, if you're drinking in a bar, do you get up? Yeah, exactly. Nobody's leaving to take a piss. That's why the water is green around the swim bar, and that's why it smells like a high school toilet. So never swim in the water by the swim-up bar. Do not do this. But it's full of douches. The first night we're there, we're trying to find a restaurant, and some woman's there, she's, ooh! She looks, screams at me. Why you still got your pants on? And, you know, something like that, you know, oh, I see. We got jokes. I got jokes, too. I have my pants on because my cock is so fucking huge. I need something to coddle it. You know what? I don't want to start my vacation that way. We just ignore Blast to the Bar. It was raining the first night we get there. As is not going to get any food, whatever. Okay, fine. But I'm listening to what they're saying. And this is the part that, uh, you know, the, yeah, exactly. This is the part that, that is going to sound unkind. And these people, be they from Alabama or Fort Lauderdale, I know I just mixed the state and the city, or, or Georgia or New York or Illinois or Minnesota, their minds are full fucking mush. And I'm trying to push this thought off. Because I'm, on the other hand, this is purely a conversation that's just in my mind. On the on the one hand, um I'm like, man, that's kind of fucking elitist. I don't I don't want to be elitist. But it, you know, but it, I go, well, at least it's not classist because these people are a, a wide stratum of people who have the kind of money to go to a place like Scandal, Sandals. And uh, and I'm hearing them talk about jobs and, you know, one 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 cat uh, sidles up to me and says, uh, you know, 
I could see you've been wanting to talk to me. I don't want to talk to anybody. He goes, oh, uh, you in the military? I'm in the hot tub. I don't want to talk to dudes in the hot tub, sorry. And I go, no, why do you, why do you ask? And he goes, well, because you're tattoos. And, uh, yeah, no, no. and uh, I go, are you in the military? Because I'm a journalist. I can't stop myself, right? So uh, the guy says, yeah. And he, he goes, first I was Army. Then I was Air Force. I go, where were you stationed? And he was like, Fort Dix, and then here, and then Jersey, and then there. Now he's in Michigan. He's a military affairs officer, liaison with the community. So he meets the mayor, and he starts saying, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a journalist. And he goes, oh, journalism. I don't want to talk, so I leave. But I'm listening to, so it's not a, it's not a, it's not a class thing. And, I, and I'm thinking there, and I go, wow, this, this is unkind of me to think this. This is unkind. My interests are not there. And then I realized something. One, I, at first I said, well, we're really lucky in, in Silicon Valley because I was referencing my social context in the Silicon Valley, which are, like, which are widely class dispersed in jiu-jitsu. You know, you got guys there who are uh, security guards, cooks. You got guys there who pour concrete, construction workers. Yeah, guys, they were Silicon Valley executives, all a wide panoply of people. But that's not even the real issue. This audience of people listening to this show, you all, come from a wide, wide fucking swathe of different types. I've, I've seen the statistics that when I stumbled into them. I don't know how to get to them again, but I've seen the statistics for the show. It was like, you know, uh, uh, 82% men. You know, 18% women. It gave me a global, the map gave me a global spread of where, where, where y'all are listening from. Different ages. And yet, and yet, and, and, and yet we stick to this. Now, if I were to talk to these people, and I did talk, I wasn't completely freezing everybody out. The wife and I did occasionally talk to people. You know, yeah, I was at Apple for a bit. Apple, Intel, Adobe, uh, Nikon, Ziff Davis, um, Code Magazine in LA, Future Publishing. I did the Mac Life Magazine. I did EQ Magazine. I've done lots of stuff. So if we were, if we were to say if I were to come in and say, hey, I want to talk to you all about um, I want to talk to you all about uh, this book that I read called Irrational Man. And and I could segue from discussion of Irrational Man. Yeah, I was the editor-in-chief of EQ for a bit. Until they got sold to New Bay. That was another story. Don't Donna Shalala me on my own show. But we'll get into that later because that's not the point I'm trying to make right now. But but yeah, it used to be a great magazine. So uh, we could do that easily on this show. Easily on this show. We could start talking about Descartes and about the unreliability of of sense organs as, as a means to know anything real about our lives. And we would hang. We we would we would hang. Right. I remember being 15 years old when I first read the book and talking to some guys. One guy was a superintendent of a building. Another guy was a janitor. And we were out drinking. The drinking age in New York used to be 18. When I was 15, I looked like I was 12. But back in the 70s, nobody gave a shit. I looked like a girl until I was 13. Real pretty kid. Had to lift weights before people started to publicly identify me as a man. Sitting in a bar called Howie's, upstate New York, near Poughkeepsie, drinking. And talking to some guys who, uh, you know, probably didn't get out of ninth grade, 10th grade, talking to them about uh, 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 what Descartes would call a priori knowledge, what I just called the things that you would know if you couldn't know anything else using your organs, your sensory organs. We could hang. We could talk about that. So I go, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it that these people are like this? 
that these people who have votes, who participate in the republic, who have driver's licenses, whose fault is it that they're like this? And I have to say, I have to say, well, I'll get to who I have to say whose fault it is. Nah, nah, it's not their fault. I have to say, I'm a great student of history. I love history. I've been in school since I was five years, and I can only tell you the name of one history teacher I had. And I liked the man, didn't like his class. Jack Ergang, who I, who I named Jumping Jack Ergang. He's dead now. Escaped from the Nazis. Ended up in New York, ended up a teacher at Stuyvesant High School. Why? Okay, the council at Von C, where they came up with the final solution for the Jewish population. What date was that? That's how a history teacher would teach it. I don't give a fuck what date it is. I can't keep the date straight in my head exactly, but I know what happened at Von C. Teachers, because of the system they're involved in, would give me an X on that test for not knowing the exact date that, 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 that the council at Von C happened. Whereas the issue is what came out of that council and, and who called it, who was involved, who were the stakeholders. One way is an effective way to tell a story. The other way is not an effective way to tell a story. On this show, we've talked about space gods, we, uh, sky gods. We've talked about space bears. We've talked about a priori knowledge. We talked about all of these things. And everybody in a wide swath of, uh, of people, age groups, class, classes, classifications, hung. You all hung for the show. Because we're talking about ideas, right? So... I'm going to have to blame the education system because the education system has, has created a situation where people who want to do this job of teaching <laughs> and saints in my mind, like the guy who sucked out the urine from the other passenger on the plane. Did you see this? The plane was like flying from, from China to uh, New York and the guy, his prostate was swollen and blocking his, uh, yeah, but I can't figure out why America is anti-intellectual. And I, I, I'm getting to that. But uh, the P story, so the doctor was on board, creates a catheter, jams a catheter up the guy's rod. He's trying to get the guy to express some urine before his, his bladder explodes. He can't. The guy goes, I'm going to help you. He goes, I'm going to help you. You're missing the point. No, this is not a political discussion about whether America is shit or not. The problem is what the problem is. No, no, it's not the it's nothing to do with free thinking. It has to do. Okay, look, look. So the guy sucks out the pee, and I was thinking, God damn it, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If I'm a doctor and I'm on that plane, I'm asking the guy for his next to kin because I'm not sucking the urine out of the catheter of some cat who I don't know. Sorry, God love you. It's your time. It's your, oh, you're going to feel bad if he dies. No, I won't. But this is not even, this is not even intellectualism. You can't sy sy systematize what we're talking about. You know, <laughs> he, well, he's, he's not really sucking the dick. He's sucking the, 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 the urine through the catheter. So maybe he had, he had, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe he had a couple of straws coming out of it, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not drinking the pee. Sorry, bro. Your time. Your time. Hey, is anybody on the plane who's this is their thing? Because this has to come out so the guy doesn't die. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I I I, I can't do it. So uh, so anyway, so the system says, look, we have to have metrics. We have to have indices. We have to be able to track progress. We have to have a teaching plan. You have to teach the teaching plan. So did I have any teacher who ever effectively taught me about the council at Von C? Nope. 
because they were focused. Yeah, if he dies, he dies. Uh, because they were focused on me learning the dates. Because somehow the dates are significant in in in, in the knee bone is connected to the thigh bone kind of way. I'm not saying you should know that what 17. If you're an American, you should know what 1776 was. If you're Polish, you should know what 1111 is. You know, if you uh, are 1795, right? If you were, you know, 1865, there's certain indices that you should know. Generally, you should know when the Reformation was. You should know where the Renaissance was. These are large things. But how is it that being in school from the age of five to the age of 22, I didn't have, I had one teacher who effectively sold me history. A buddy of mine, Oxbow's bass player, his kids, his kids go into, in, in when his oldest kid, uh, um, uh, his oldest kid goes into high school, loving science, gets out of high school, decides he wants to be like a janitor at Tesla. But it took it took him a long time. He's finally back at school at Davis. Took him a long time to get his shit together. That's what the school, and these are good schools. Stuyvesant High School, the high school I went to, it's one of the best schools in America. High schools. Bass player, someone went to gun high uh, with some of my kids. One of the best schools. And yet, effectively, only one teacher. One teacher. So so suddenly, if you stand up, or in this case, sit down at a hot tub and raise a sign of something that doesn't quite sound standard, People's automatic, they shut down. And I understand that. I understand that. I've seen my bass player, who has got his master's in ME and EE, was one number, like employee number six at Tesla. I've seen him working on sketches on stuff to build, like the hasp for the gold Oxbow record. And he's like, say, okay. And he starts to do those like little squiggles that look like calculus functions. And then I say, hey, what is, what the, what is it? And he starts to try to explain to me what he's doing. If I could calculate the value of X and I can feel myself shutting down. Because one, I, know I don't need to know this. Two, even if I do know it, I'm not going to get to do it enough so that knowing it is something that sticks. And three, it doesn't get me quick time cross town. But these macro issues... The ones that I'm ready, if it even smells complicated, people are out. Which creates a situation where I can't even, I, I, I can't even, I can't even talk to you. I can't, I can't even, I can't even talk to you. I can't even talk to you. So whether it's a woman who is probably about 25 in the hot tub talking about her uncle's dental practice in Fort Lauderdale and, and, and. And, you know, and, and the wife made a good point. She goes, hey, you know, this is why they call it small talk. This is why they call it small. And I go, oh, yeah, but that's between strangers. We saw lots of husbands and wives, too, having these terribly inane conversations. I go, if people could get a glimpse into our conversational life, they might come in and boom, the curtain goes up and we're talking about music. Boom, the curtain goes up. And we're talking about strippers and whores. Boom, the curtain goes up. And then we're, we're, you know, we're talking about animals. Boom, the curtain goes up. I mean, it could be, or we could, it's not always exciting. We could talk about things that are, like Bukowski said, dumb or commonplace. But that is not the meat of what we're talking about. Empty prattle is not the meat of what we're talking about. The sound, like my friends who were in Leavenworth, were in prison, all my prisoner friends, they all have the habit of sitting next to you when they talk to you. And they uh, tap you because they want, it's like, uh, it's echolocation. So if shit goes down a yard, they know that you're there to back the play. And you're not talking to anybody who doesn't fight. Fuck that. People understand prison. They're like, oh, if, if you're friends with somebody who doesn't fight, then that's somebody you got to protect. And that's somebody who's not protecting you. You know, not protecting you. So, uh, um, so this is, I, you know, I, 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 I was, I was feeling bad in the way that my mother would have wanted me to feel bad, 
She's like, you always used to tell me, you know, you can't go calling people stupid because you're smart. You have to learn. She was trying to teach me grace. Can't teach anybody grace necessarily. Modesty, but I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Leavenworth is not a military prison. It's a federal prison. So, um, and I have to say, I have to say, I'm going to try to get him into this show. Uh, a guy I've written about a number of times. If you read my stuff in Hustler in the old days, he just got out of prison. Was the meth king of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Just got out of prison uh, on a 20 year ride. They got him. Totally fascinating guy to talk to. We're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna try to figure out as soon as I put together the table. I'm gonna try to do it during this holiday coming up. Then I'm gonna put the show on and then send the CD. Call Ian and uh, and fig figure out super chats and then try to get this guy to call in the show. Um. So no, 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 no. The Vice thing I did about him, the Vice thing I did was about an undercover guy. Oh, you think about Vice in general, you know. Um, the, I did think uh, undercover narc for Vice. I did that. Uh, a guy who used to actually date my mother in a real interesting way. But anyway, um, um, so no, they, they haven't done a piece on, on this guy because he just got out, literally got out two weeks ago, called me as soon as he got out. He's having a hard time figuring shit out, man. Like cell phones were invented when he was in laptop computers, you know, Facebook. What the fuck, bro? So uh, good guy to talk to. Um, but and he said, you know what I did, what I've been doing the last five years, Eugene? I go, because I'm an atheist now. I go, oh, cool. Because I thought you'd gone off to, you know, to Texas to be a Christian. He goes, no, nah, I've been reading the last five years. And you can hear it in his voice. I go, what have you been reading? He goes, everything. Everything I could. I've been reading books on biology. Books on history, books on English, literature, everything. And I could hear it in his voice that suddenly the world, you know, you've who's that the platonic idea of the unexamined life is not worth living. And these people are trying to live unexamined lives. I mean, I, I don't even know what happens when a complicated thought kind of comes through the door. Like, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. But the magic of this. The magic of this is, um, the magic of this is that sports is somehow is somehow like that blood type that goes with everybody, and I mean that because you can have macro issues hidden in the sports discussion. You know, YouTube lists this show under sports. You guys listen to this show. You know, this is like. So uh, I don't remember what my picks were in the last UFC. I, I think I picked uh, I picked the Polish cat who beat Jacare. I didn't think Jacare would win, and he did not. Uh, I don't know what my pick take was. I'm sure Steph will tell me on the next week. Uh, next week we do the show, which will be on next Sunday. Well, atheism is, a, is sort of a bold stance for me. You know, they came, Hungarian scientists came out, said that there's a fifth force of nature that they can't figure out how something to do with dark matter. We don't know, we don't know shit. You want to take a stance on, take a stand on a stance, try agnosticism. Throwing up your hands going, I tap, I don't know. Show me, but until then, I don't know. I don't know quarks, I don't know electrons, I don't know beryllium 90, what do I know? Einstein, Polevsky, Rosen, the EPR theorem. I don't know. I don't know. What do I what do I know? Multiverse theory, Brian Green, captain of my wrestling team in high school at one point. I don't know. I don't know. But we have these macro themes, these tectonic themes that shift under and around the sports game. So that, you know, that we can talk about it. And at some point, like I had a girlfriend once say, you know, you start telling me these stories and they'll go on. And then I realized suddenly, like maybe about halfway through or 70% through that I'm the subject of the story. Yeah, that's why. Because if I started out the other way, you would shut down before I got 5% in. 
This way, you've got 75% in. I'm 75% in before you figure out it's about you. And you've heard all of what I had to say. And this is how you should teach. That's my whole point. I'm not castigating teachers. I understand that they're in the grips of a system that fucks them that fucks them on the regular. This I know. Not a single stat like uh, Frank McCourt, also one of my teachers in high school, Angela's Ashes guy, who still rages that there's not a single statue for a teacher in New York City. A city that all of it, a goodly portion of its wealth came from, you know, the education of its, its filthy, dirty masses from shithole countries at the time. You understand, I made about three or four references in the last 60 seconds. You got it but you didn't have to get it to enjoy it. What would it take for a teacher to put in place, a, what would it take for a school to put in place a teacher like me? What would it take? Or would I have students who go, you know, I don't know how this is gonna get me, how, how this is gonna help me get a job. I don't know. How's it going to help me get a job? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, how do I know? Can it get me to get a job? Okay. I like it. It's transactional for you. I come here. I do this. I do this. I come. But you got to understand that in your private moments, in these quiet spaces where you exist, where nobody's around, maybe they between things and they're going from one place to another, they haven't gotten home from work, and you're sitting in the privacy of your own home. I don't know where you put your TV. We don't have a TV. But I can think just as easily with the TV on and a TV off. Because I'm taking little parts and making big parts. And I'm taking big parts and making them little parts. And that's what my head is doing constantly. Constantly. And I don't understand how how you can make it through life not doing that. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Like, you've heard me talk about the year that uh, Spike Lee's movie Jungle Fever came out. And now I hate Spike for deeply personal reasons. But this movie, uh, uh, this, this movie is, is not a good movie. Having to see it three times was kind of a drag. Well, why'd you see it three times then? Well, that was a time when I was like dating five women at once and I couldn't really figure out, you know, well, my attitude was like, I'm not going to make one suffer for the sins of another. This is the movie she wants to see. Why should I say, hey, I already saw that movie with this one. Why would I see it again? Oh, you saw it with somebody else. All right, fine, whatever. Maybe different things come. It's like an onion peeling it. I'll get different things from the movie three times. But one of the ones uh, who I saw it with at the end of the movie, she was like, wow, that was deep. And I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a pretty interesting movie. Um, what would you think about it? Now I've seen the movie three times. So I've got a whole panoply of different thoughts and feelings. She goes, well, well, it was deep. And then I felt like Joe Pesci in, in Goodfellas. What, what, do you, what, what, what do you mean deep? What do you mean deep? Like, 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 like deep? Like, 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 uh, like an abyss? Is it like an abyss? Is it like the Grand Canyon deep? What do you mean deep? Like it's like deep to you? And she just kind of said, well, you know, deep. And that was it. That was it. I mean, the story was more complicated than that, and that moment wasn't exactly it. I thought we were just, you know, we were getting closer and moving to a relationship of greater understanding. Turns out her boyfriend was on vacation. <laughs> I had, you know, hey, like the line, the Rizzo's line, 
I'm the animal that Hugh Hefner created. You know, <laughs> I didn't choose a life. The life chose me. I like the guy. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that they were together that way. I thought the men's clothes in the closet was just because the dude was on, vac on vacation and she was letting... You know, I, what did I know? It was a long time ago. I was a kid. So, after seven days in Jamaica, I fully recommend Jamaica. I fully intend to go back to Jamaica. But I don't think that I'll ever go back again the sandals. Now, now, if you go to Kingston or if you go to Trenchtown, you will get fucking robbed. I could feel that and sense that right away. You know, you go out with one credit card, take off the jewelry, give your key to the front at the guy at the hotel so you don't have that with you. Don't be bumbling on the street with your wallet. I got friends uh, uh, up by Ocho Rios. Go stay with them or near there. Or just go to Barbados. It's a little bit safer. But it was a real eye-opener. I, I got to tell you, it was a real, yeah, exactly. Won't be flashing shit. There's a scene on Crime Faces where a guy pulls into a gas station and he's got some, like, super expensive ride and he's walking across the island like eating an ice cream cone, dude just rolls up on him. Get get up, get me the fucking car. Give me the fucking car. <laughs> and and the guys, well, you know, my girlfriend and my gay, oh, get him out of the car. I'm taking it. Like those guys I knew. We're from New York, man. And they went down to this club in North Carolina that the Bad Brains used to play, and that we ended up playing at some point. Or I was just there on the book tour. And I said, where, they said, where are you going, Eugene? I said, I'm going to get some food. Ah, I'm going to go down the street. They go, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Go, hey, I'm fine. So, yeah, you know, we had some guys here from Brooklyn. They were like, hey, man, we're fucking, well, we're from Brooklyn. We're tough. And the guy drove by him as they're walking down the street. Stopped his car, backed up, took his gun out, tapped him. Well, your wallet took to the window, please. <laughs> and they come on, man, we're going to get something to eat. Click, click. Home to the window, please. So they had to throw their wallets in through the windows. And so it goes. I'm not that kind of stupid. Walk out with a credit card, flip-flops, shorts, tank top. Yeah, I got nothing. You're going to take us back to the hotel. I, gotta, I don't even stay in the hotel. You don't see, I don't have the key. Stand with some friends. What are you going to do? But the thing is, if you got a nice-looking woman with you, you always got something that could be taken. That's what the weapons are for. <laughs> That's what the weapons are for. So anyway, uh, it was an interesting. It was an interesting day. The uh, Deontay Ortiz uh, a knockout. He had a great quote. He goes, "Fight me. You gotta, you gotta be perfect for twelve rounds. I only have to be perfect once." Ortiz is now angry. Uh, about the stoppage, thought it was too early of a stoppage, bro. I, I zap rooted the film. I saw your eyes. You had the crazy eyes when you hit the mat. One eye looking this way, one eye looking this way. Definitely, given the numbers of people who've died in the boxing room this year, definitely should not be allowed to get up again and fight Deontay. Definitely not. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, they said he 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 not he not he refreshed the drinks. He said, "What do you say?" Uh, cry faces. He refreshed the drinks, the margaritas of all the women in the first three worlds. He hit him so hard, knocked the smoke out of him. It was it was a, the stool softener. <laughs> oh man. Man, oh, man. And there have been lots of fights. There was a wheel kick that put out Ross Pearson. There's a lot of MMA stuff to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about it because I'm just you, – you see, I got I got lots of color in my face, got lots of relaxation, got smoothed out. I got to take a shower now. I trained, I ran, took the Chevy in for work, did some yard work, 
And now, because I'm technically three hours ahead, I'm kind of tired. I take a, another shower, clean up, get ready for the week. Short week at work. Yeah, Ortiz was winning that fight. Was winning that fight, but, you know, <laughs> there was no sense of urgency on Deontay's part. Just waiting for the, you know, punch right through the dude's guard, down and out. That same one-two. Light one, heavy two. Light one, heavy two. Watch it. Anyway, go back through the thread if you want. Pinko95014 at yahoo.com. If you feel like PayPal or something, that's my anti-commercial commercial. commercial. Uh, There's no JJB today. Uh, There's no You Kill Me today. Um, Yeah. There, there is another Tuesday night. We have oh shit! I just remembered, man. Uh, I we got tickets to to Slayer on Tuesday night. I got to talk to Alexi about that. Let him know because we got to do something about that show. Maybe we'll do the show on Wednesday. Special uh, a special Thanksgiving show. That that'll work. We could do uh, if the shoot if I did and if the shoes fit on Wednesday. Providing all the other guests, the host guest host can come along and play. Anyway, I'm six minutes over. Ah, you've listened to V89, Eugene S. Robinson, Show Stomper. I'm back in black. Glad to be back. Next time I do the show, the poster will be back. I got a shed that I built. So I can, it's a complicated thing is I can move the stuff from this room into the shed. I can get this thing set up, get a desk with a microphone and get the lights. Uh, Roma Raiders at the desk. I still haven't had a chance to put together. I'm going to put it together. So it'll be nice. It'll be like Joe, whole Jogan-esque. It'll be completely normal. It'll be like a real studio. Maybe, you know, I'm not going to overpromise it. Under but you know what I mean. Anyway, that's the show. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. We'll see you on Wednesday if Alexi signs off on it. Uh, otherwise, uh, the next time you'll be hearing from me will be next week's Show stop. And then that immediately preceded by the recording of Care Don't Care, which will air on Monday. Uh, I tweeted out a couple of pieces. You can go to ozzy.com right now, ozy.com right now, and type in when the whole club wants to kick your ass. I think something like that. Or my friend Lisa Suckdog's play piece, uh, which is uh, when your fiance has, when you discover your fiance has five fiances, worthwhile piece. Ms. Tech had a piece in, in there about uh, uh, when a misogynist meets a whip. I tweeted it out. Uh, you should read it. Good stuff. Funny. Well worth the time. This eight minutes will take you to read it. Until then, we'll see you. Look what you made me do! Ah!